Welcome to our very first Saxon Insurance Brokers podcast. And today we're going to tell you about what we get up to and a more important topic, kidnap and ransom insurance, which I describe as the only insurance we do that protects people over assets. Here I am with my colleague, Charlie Firth. Charlie, welcome to the podcast. Good you to start are, the series. You are our resident yeah. detective as described on our <laughs> website, yeah. which I think is great. Um, my, my grandfather was a, a policeman and the sergeant of a police force locally, so I, I'm also a bit of a detective yeah. as well. I like that sort of stuff. So um, first, of all, first off, let's talk about what we've been up to because we're right in the middle of a lockdown, mm. but we're coming to the end of our second UK mm. lockdown. And we've been working the whole time because we've yeah. managed to social distance, we've yeah. created a bit of a bubble with the team here. So let's talk about, or tell our audience about, uh, what Saxon has been up to since March, really, um, since the beginning of this crazy lockdown. Mm. Yeah, well, as you said, obviously, being in the office has been really beneficial, you know. It's way more helpful being able to just chat and have that interaction you have yeah. as you would do on a normal day-to-day basis before this mm. whole lockdown. So, mm. yeah, we've definitely been fortunate to be able to carry on continuing working in the office yeah. throughout this whole period of time. Yeah, actually, we, we weren't in the office at the very beginning of lockdown because no. no one could. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then since as, it, as things eased right. us, yeah. we could, yeah. So, uh, I think middle of summer, we were, uh, we were sort yeah. of back in the office yeah. and most of our partners, insurers, and other brokers, I don't think are no. anywhere close to being no, in the no. office. And We've been fortunate. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of places have uh, shrunk their setup mm. so uh, to accommodate for working from home or working remotely mm. or a rotation basis. So yeah, exactly. it's a, we're in a right in the middle of a changing world at the mm. moment, which is fascinating. Yeah. Um, and that sort of leads us on to what else is happening in the world because Naturally, as most people will, will know, that we insure very high-value assets, so property, art, yachts, yeah. um, jewellery collections, uh, and everything in between, mm-hmm. really. Um, but there's this one insurance that we do that protects people, and it's topical right now, isn't it? Because yeah. what's happening at the moment is the pandemic is changing the criminal world around us, and especially in places like Latin America. Yeah. So we are very in tune with what goes on. We're reading yeah, uh, articles and news. Yeah, we're, we're, we're watching and reading everything all the time to know what's happening in, in the security world, if you like. Mm-hmm. And uh, t- tell us, t- tell the audience what yeah. you found to, that's been happening in the last few months since this pandemic, because there's been some changes in the, the OCGs. Mm. So, very, so obviously the various pressures that the pandemic itself has put on, you know, economies all around the world and from a social aspect as well, you know, everyone's working from home, no one's in the office, jobs are under pressure, people are struggling for money as such. Mm. And this has affected criminal groups because, you know, from the sort of narcotic side of things, the shipments that come over from all around the world to places like Latin America were all strained. There was so much pressure put on them because they couldn't get the shipments across because all the shipping yeah. The ports were sharp, that sort of thing. What, what was in those shipments? I mean, the the I think what what I think it to be is the shipments come across from places around the world with the substances that they use. Yeah. So they, and then they get a variety of substances, mix them all together, and then they go 
get a job from that. Yeah. And then from there, in Latin America, they get shipped across, well, either back around the world yeah. or up to America. Yeah. But the, the problem with this is that criminals or criminal organizations have been forced to sort of diversify and mm. find new ways mm. of getting their money because mm. they all still need the money. You know? mm. They're so heavily income-based mm. that you know things like express kidnapping across Latin America, not just in places like Mexico, yeah. across the whole of Latin America, yeah. and through to Africa, places like that, has really had a massive impact. And now it's spreading onto, into maritime industry. You know, we've seen, mm. we've both seen reports of yeah. the piracy attacks mm. occurring in the last, at least, well, over the last month or so, yeah. have really just shot up yeah. way more than what they mm. predicted to be this year. Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting because if the if the cartels of the world have not been able to do their standard business, you know, they can't hide as easily mm. with their planes flying because there's much less traffic in the air or, or or a boat stands out, you know, one of their fast boats stands out because there's virtually no maritime um, or marine um, activity, mm. then they're, they're, they're changing the waves, aren't they? Like yeah. you just said. So what is it that we've seen these guys take on and start to do more of that are that they are hoping is going to generate income for them? It's just kidnappings, yeah. basically. At the end of the day, you know, kidnappings are seen by criminals as one of the easiest ways to get money quickly. Mm. Um, you know, you're, there's, there's always reports of the long drawn out kidnaps where huge ransoms are demanded and mm. they take months and months, but mm. the majority of time it's express kidnappings, mm. which is when you're approached maybe on the street by a criminal gang yeah. and they take you into the car. And yeah. They might hold you hold your gunpoint, something along those lines. Yeah. And then they'll take you around a numerous ATMs in the area right. and you'll just be forced to withdraw the cash. Yeah. And you've just got to carry on doing that until they are satisfied with the amount of money they've given you. Yeah. So, I mean, if I'm a cartel leader, I'm not that interested in that sort of thing, am I? Because no. how much can no. I re realistically get from an individual who's being driven around 10 ATMs, you know, two, three hundred dollars mm. a time? Mm. It's not going to be life changing money that they usually earn doing no. their normal way. No. So, um, you know, there's Express Kidnap is definitely, I think, happening and it's over very quickly i think yeah. we, we've explained it in one of your articles that you know, within an hour yeah. an express kidnap can be over um, but rather than just demand rather than demanding money out of an atm it could even be uh, that that, per, that a ransom is demanded within an hour or they take yeah. their life yeah. um, and i think that's where they will perhaps have more success especially if people have access to cash quickly because mm. we live in a very civilized world over here in England but over in other places in, 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 in Latin America I suspect I don't know for sure but I suspect there's a lot of there's a lot more cash moving around yeah. in the underground and and above um, that can satisfy quick demands mm. if they need to yeah. so an express kidnap could be like half a million in in, in cash within an hour or I'm afraid, you know, this guy's yeah. life is, is no longer. And the problem is, you know, an express, the criminal, these gangs, these cartels, they know how much money they need to be making yeah. every quarter, for example. Mm -hmm. It just runs like a normal business because they're yeah. so massive, these, these organizations, and they're involved in so much different stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so they know how much money they need to be making. So they know their sort of target as such they yeah. need to hit. And they're ruthless at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, the express kidnapping, one express kidnapping, they give them a thousand dollars 
or two thousand dollars mm. at a time. So they know that they need to make a certain amount of express kidnappings mm. at the moment because that's sort of the only easiest way, or yeah. the easiest way they see to get money yeah. at the moment. So they're just, just like have let loose basically. Yeah, I think the 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 last two kidnaps that we've heard of in literally two days. Yeah. One was the property developer in Puerto Vallarta yeah. in Mexico, and the other one was a, um, a, a journalist. And I think, you know, I can understand the, the property developer because he might own land that someone else might want mm. to have or, or control. And, you know, unfortunately that guy ended up being found um, dead further out, further afield. Um, but then it makes me think, well, what about the journalist? What's he got to give? You know, is it just because he's got data on someone? So is it yeah. just because he's yeah. got knowledge on, on, on someone else? So what we're, what we're seeing here is it's not all financially no. driven. No. So if someone like a journalist has insider knowledge on, on a certain group or mm -hmm. person, then he's equally a, a target. Yeah. And that's quite scary because yeah. it basically means that you can be anyone in that spectrum from someone straightforward like a journalist yeah. Uh, up to someone who could be a multi-millionaire or billionaire owning mm -hmm. a lot of land mm -hmm. and if someone wants that either land money data you know then you're yeah. your potential target yeah. and that's scary you know because yeah. the that means that whoever you are you need some kind of protection yeah i mean at the end of the day the cartels in these areas they don't want bad press to start with yeah and they don't want people coming in their way so mm -hmm. those two things combined cover quite a lot of people mm. and a bad press doesn't have to be from a journalist it can come from anyone you yeah. don't have to be a reporter it's yeah. just you know word of mouth things are spread around the streets and cities villages stuff mm. like that mm. the cards want to control as much as they can yeah and they already control massive amounts so they, it's just it's sort of a snowball effect mm -hmm. as they control more and more places they get more and more power and with yeah. that power they can then control more and more places yeah and it just continues and it's just yeah. like a constant cycle have we heard of any cartel versus cartel uh, kidnaps or, or I don't know about the kidnaps, but mm. there is a lot of violence mm. over sort of areas the cartels control. Yeah, because, you know the coastal areas. Mm -hmm. That's where the drug imports and things like mm. that can come in. So if you control that, mm. then you have you control the drugs in that yeah. area. So there's a lot of fighting over those sort yeah. of areas mm. um, to just have control of them to then be able to distribute as as mm. accordingly. So we're connected up with quite a few security related yeah. people on yeah. LinkedIn. Um, we all tend to sort of share the same type mm -hmm. of posts and some are a bit more active than others. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're, we're kept up to date by other people, which is fantastic. Um, but ultimately, what is the solution? So we've got two types of kidnap policies. Yeah. It's for a high net worth individual and their families, mm -hmm. which we do quite a lot of because Naturally, we already have high net worth customers mm -hmm. in for the other assets that we insure for them. Yeah. So it's quite easy for us to talk to them about the risks of kidnap and ransom, which they are, which a lot of the time they don't know exist. No. And they then think, wow, I need this cover. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, you know, we've got a high net worth family being protected by one of the very best world leading uh, insurance companies. But not only that, backed up by these uh, liaison firms that mm -hmm. are global yeah. and have a presence in all the major areas that basically kick in as soon as you, you, you are, or you're there needed 
to help you in a scenario. Yeah, exactly. So I think private individuals value that a lot because they're on their own um, and they don't have any other support elsewhere yeah. unless they've got this. Yeah. And then the other thing we've got is the corporation or co the corporate kidnap ransom. And we're seeing a lot of interest there, aren't we? Because mm -hmm. even though traveling has been suppressed a lot during the pandemic, there seems to be some more activity picking up now. Yeah. People know that the planes are flying and they can get around. Yeah. And when you're building a, uh, a support area or a, a mine or, or right. a wind farm or wherever it might be, strangely, they all seem to be in what we call high-risk areas. Yeah. So what are the things that, first off, let's talk about corporates. What are the, what are the things that corporate organizations need to do when they're traveling from their normal base, which could be anywhere in the world, mm -hmm. to a high-risk area, and mm -hmm. like what what's what what are the systems in place? What are our insurance companies expecting of them, so that anyone watching this video who, who is considering corporate kidnap ransom, mm -hmm. they know how to get set up prior to yeah. taking out a policy. So the first to start with the obvious one is planning ahead, which I'm sure anyone who even goes on holiday, you know, you plan ahead, you know where you're going to go, you know where you're going to stay, you might have a look at places you might visit beforehand, so you get a grip of sort of the area that you're going to, yeah. especially if it's, if it's a renowned to be a dangerous place. Yeah. So planning ahead, having a contingency plan in mm -hmm. place, so you know where you're traveling, mm -hmm. you know where you can travel if your original plan doesn't go as, you, as you'd like it to go, yeah. you've got diversion routes. Uh, planned out already mm -hmm. so that if a traffic jam or there's an accident or something mm -hmm. you can't get through the way you want to go you don't have to replan there and then you just have another route you can go yeah. that sort of stuff so that's the planning ahead side of things mm -hmm. you know you do some research into places you're going to be spending time mm -hmm. maybe have a look at the local news mm -hmm. so you can get a bit more of a feel of what sort of situation the area is in because a lot of these high-risk areas you know they're either heavily run or heavily have heavily involvement with you know, criminal organisations, or mm. there's a civil war going on mm. there. You know, it's very futile, and it can overnight change. change. Yeah. What about uh, local knowledge? So, if, if I'm a corporation going somewhere, and I'm, you know, thinking about what plans I need to make, yeah. Do we are we seeing security firms travelling with the, uh, the the team going, but also them working with? more local people on the ground who know yeah. more than them. So that's how normally works. So you have it, if you're traveling to one of these high risk areas for sort of a big business project, you will most likely have a security detail with you. Yeah. And these security people, you know, they've all got, majority of them have all got military experience or some sort yeah. of experience along those lines. But the added benefit is that the people you'll be assigned should have experience of the local area they're traveling to. So mm -hmm. they've either spent time working there before mm -hmm. or they've spent time being a security mm -hmm. per, uh, personnel mm -hmm. in the area beforehand, mm -hmm. so they understand the area. And then there's things, so your driver might have lived in the area for 40 years or something along those lines, so they know exactly the routes, they know where to go, where not to go. Mm -hmm. Where to go if something happens, and you know, they, they, they'll understand all the diversion routes, so you can present with your contingency plan, yeah. contingency, contingency plan yeah. of where to go if something went wrong, yeah. and they understand it straight away. Yeah. And or have better ideas yeah, for exactly, you. Exactly. Yeah. So they would have actually experienced it before. Yeah. If you're going somewhere new, the local person would have probably said, 
you know, I've, I've been here, done that, and yes, we need to go from here to here to here if this if this happens. Yeah. So local knowledge is incredibly important. Yeah. You know, if you've got all the experience of the security in working with security detail, but you don't know anything about the place you're going to, mm. you will get by. You know, you'll, they'll pick it up along the way. But having someone who's been there, who's mm. worked there before, who understands how everything works, you know, how to go about walking down the street, things like that, that's the key part, and that's what's really important if you're going if you're going to these high risk areas. And then uh, on from that, we're, we're seeing people stay in secure areas, mm -hmm. aren't we? So in a, in a high-risk area, as in perhaps a, a whole town or, or country, you've got areas where people can go to who yeah. are foreign, basically, yeah. who can stay in these, and I, you know, we can imagine what they look like, you mm -hmm. know, high walls, razor yeah. wire, yeah. alarms, arm guards, things like that. So. Mm -hmm. Um, is, are we finding that that's quite uh, a common theme of where people have to yeah, go, definitely. as in where they want to go there and also our underwriters are expecting yeah. them to go there? Yeah, you know, there's, there's two sides of it, you know, there's protecting yourself mm. and then there's the insurance wanting you to, to protect yourself. Yes. And you've got to be on both sides of that, you know, you've got to obviously want to protect yourself yeah. and with that, you know, you'll go to the extent that you need to, to yeah. protect yourself and the insurers will support that fully because if you're travelling to these high-risk areas mm. and you already have a plan in place and you already know where you're going to stay, you've got a security detail with you, mm. the insurers will support that. Yeah. They're not going to ask you to go. They're going to want to know that you've got these things in place because that yeah. gives them peace of mind. Mm. So there's quite a few other things that we haven't spoken about but we'll leave for another time or perhaps if someone's interested they can in inquire with us yeah. about the... The, the, the things that underwriters expect you to yeah, do if yeah. you're traveling to a high-risk area. Um, let's, talk, let's, let's fast forward into something like a scenario where something's going wrong mm -hmm. and contingency plan hasn't worked out or even plan A hasn't worked out and they can't get to a contingency plan. What happens? So we, we've recently done some onboarding for a private customer and that was yeah. really interesting because we were in on the call and we were helping and guiding and listening. and. What, what were the things that you learned from that that the, the risk advisor told the customer directly uh, things like who, you know, not to mention that you've got insurance in place, not to yeah. mention who, you know, here's a number to call, but who it is and so on. Can you explain yeah. a bit more so about that? The whole, this scenario is just planning ahead. You know, you've got to prepare for the worst as such. So before you go away, you want to notify someone of not necessarily you have to say you've got kidnapped insurance, but maybe give them a number to ring or something yeah. along those lines, so that if the worst was to happen, they know what to do. And you need to be able to be securing yourself that you, are, if you get kidnapped, because because in a kidnapped scenario, you know you're going to be very stressed. So you want you don't want to be worrying about what's going to happen now. You want to think Happy to yourself, life. well, I I sorted this out yeah. however long ago, yeah. and I know what to do. I know who to ring. Mm. That's going to kick in. Then my policy is going to kick in, and then that's when you yeah. receive the help. So who is it that is on the end of the phone? If I uh, am a person and the perpetrator's got me, and I've been kidnapped, and my phone is there, and they want something, I'm 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 giving them a number. Mm -hmm. But who who is that for? You know that would normally be for a family member or something along those lines, and the family member will receive the call, yeah. and they'll be the person that you've notified that you have this sort of insurance, yeah. and they won't mention anything about it on the phone, obviously, but they'll know the steps to take, mm -hmm. and 
they will then notify your either insurer or they'll go straight through to the consultants, yeah. the security consultants. Yeah. And then that's when the policy, the most important part of the policy kicks mm -hmm. in because you know kidnapping ransom policy covers a variety of events and covers you know the ransom paid and that sort of stuff. But the really important thing is the response that you get from the consultants because that protects your life at the end of the day. Yeah. And and you know you got to make sure that you have these things in place before you go to these areas. One uh, really interesting thing that we saw the other day on uh, that came through on an email was the process of yeah. kidnapping yeah. from start to finish. Mm. And we understood it before that, but we saw it in a graphic, which made it quite uh, made it a bit more real. And one thing that stands out on there is that whenever a demand is made, the consultant will always be asking for proof of life. Yeah. You know, whether there's th you know this negotiation bit happens with the family member and the consultant is helping that family member, and then there's proof of life requested. Yeah. And I think that's key because you could demand a ransom from someone and just never give proof of life and they could be dead yeah and exactly. then you're negotiating with with a with a family member and you're never and that family member is never knowing of true if that person is still alive mm. or not and then they might pay a ransom for no reason yeah so you know, these negotiations are two ways that i mean that's a negotiation at the end of the day it's the criminal and the consultant or the criminal and the family member yeah with the support of a consultant yeah and the proof of life is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you want for the whole process, once the kidnap takes place to the, the victim being released, proof of life has got to be supported that throughout. Was, yeah. Because because that then the criminals need to know that, you know, you're not just gonna roll over and give them whatever yeah. much money you have. Yeah. You know, you're working, you want to work with them, mm -hmm. but you can't just meet every single demand because sometimes yeah. that's not actually possible. Mm -hmm. So proof of life is a good way to sort of establish a process. And then once you have that proof of life, then you can move forward on to the next thing. Yeah. And then once they ask for that demand, then you can ask for proof of life again. Yeah. Because you also want to know that the, per the victim is okay, yeah. they're still alive. Of course. Um, so you know that's really important. Anyway, and for the family members involved, you yeah. know, they want to have the reassurance mm -hmm. that the person that's been kidnapped mm. is still you know, getting along okay and yeah. they're still coping well and that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, it would be terrifying to be in that situation, yeah. wouldn't it? Mm. Um, and I think corporations have a duty of care to protect their their staff members mm -hmm. yeah. with this. And uh, in addition to this, uh, companies can also take out what we call crisis management yeah. insurance, uh, which is is mainly aimed at small, medium upwards mm -hmm. uh, or medium-sized enterprise and upwards. And that covers a lot more like cyber attacks and things like that. So there are there are two types of policies that yeah. corporations tend to take as a, a crisis management and dovetailed by a kidnapper mm. ransom policy because uh, that's the one that will cover ransom payments yeah. and things like that. So this type of insurance, both the crisis management and the kidnapper ransom insurance, and also kidnapper ransom doesn't cover just kidnapper ransom. Yeah, so, you know it covers a variety of events such as threats, hostage. Express kidnaps, um, detention, that sort of stuff, and then yep. you also can add additional things that you can add onto policy. So you know, mm -hmm. emergency evacuation, mm -hmm. that sort of stuff, that helps you to get out of these areas. Yeah. If you know you don't have to be kidnapped to have emergency evacuation. Sure, it's just an, a, a place that you're working yeah. could just go south overnight. Yeah, you've got to get out. Of yeah, there, and sure. your life's at risk. Yeah, and then you'll be covered for that sort yeah. of stuff. I think that's actually a really good point because kidnap and ransom as a title is yeah. seems quite limited. Mm. Seems that you're only 
recovered for a ransom mm. when you've been kidnapped, and that's not the case. You know, like you just explained, it's one of the widest policies yeah. that you can ever buy because it covers so much. Every security risk that you can think of is pretty much covered by yeah. kidnapping ransom insurance, yeah. especially for, for private individuals. Mm. And um, yeah, that crisis management complements that hugely. Yeah. And then the other side, the flip side is, you know, that there's having kidnapping ransom insurance or having crisis management insurance. The point of that is giving you the peace of mind and you know the security that you know that you're going to be covered if yeah. the worst happened. Yeah. But then on top of that, you know, there's things that you can, there's measures that you can take, just that aren't drastic. Mm -hmm. You know, it's things like as if you're in Latin America, where express kidnappings are really common, mm -hmm. not wearing designer clothes. Yeah. Constantly in yeah. in local areas where you know the western society that sort of stuff isn't as common as it would be in somewhere like america or in london mm. so you don't want to draw attention to yourself you know it's it's basic things which is just common knowledge yeah you know not not walking down yeah dodgy street or streets mm. that look dodgy mm. or streets that mm. don't have you know touristy things down them that are more local in the night and in the day you know it doesn't mm. the, the cartels don't distinguish between night and day no. so you shouldn't be distinguishing between night and day. I, I agree and that was made me think about um, when you take out a kidnap and ransom policy, one of the most important things that you can do is tap straight into that consultant because yeah. they are happy and they want to, from the outset, before anything happens, mm. talk to you about your lifestyle, how you operate as a, as a, as a personal, as a, a private person yeah. or a corporate business and they will sit down and talk you through or even meet you to go through what you need to know about your yeah. travels and the risks that you have. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing we haven't touched on is, uh, which is made me think of it just then, is kidnapping ransom for yachts, because mm -hmm. we've done an article on this recently, yeah. and it's key, isn't it, that yeah. these amazing floating uh, palaces, we'll call them, that are owned by billionaires usually, which mm -hmm. you know, luckily we ensure yeah. some of them as well, that you can buy kidnapping ransom insurance via the protection and indemnity insurance. Mm -hmm. However, we would always recommend a much more comprehensive policy standalone. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think the title to the last article was This is the most overlooked insurance ever mm. because yacht owners and managers are sometimes a bit disconnected, and a yacht manager doesn't necessarily have no. the crew or the owners or the family of the owners lives at, at uh, mm. you know it's the foreground is mine all the time yeah, yeah so they need to think about what extra protection they can get from a kidnapping ransom policy in case the daughter is taken or the family member or the captain is and the the vessels completely just um what do you call it um you can't even use it anymore yeah. to, to disabled yeah. is the worst. <laughs> i was looking for that was easy um so yeah, it's, th it's things like that that we're also advising on a lot recently and getting a lot of interest on yeah. um, because yeah. of that exposure that these high net worth individuals mm. have. Yeah, you need to be aware that, you know, everyone needs to be aware that when you think of a kidnap, you think of someone who works in the government getting taken or yeah. something like that. Or yeah, because we've or, watched films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, just from, that's yeah. just culture. Yeah. Or someone who's a an industry leader and they're just wanted for so much stuff or someone who's mm. done something bad and mm. now they're wanted by criminals mm. it's not just that you know it goes it goes much wider than that yeah. it's not just contained on that anymore you know yeah there's lots of kidnappings that take place out at sea now yeah because 
boats are susceptible. Mm -hmm. They can and they're easier. They're by themselves. Mm -hmm. There's no one else around them. Yeah. You know, there's the armed security that you have on the boat, mm -hmm. and that's it. There's no one else. It's that. Yeah, exactly. That's a commercial that. vessel, yeah. but not a private vessel. Yeah. And like you said in the uh, article about the the low freeboards and easy access on the swim yeah. platform or a swim yeah. deck at the back, and that's. Um, you know, a big risk because mm. anyone with a rib can just roll straight up to a, to a boat, yeah. a, a private yacht. They're never armed, no. uh, as in the, the people on board, mm. um, but the people coming to the boat could be. And, you know, if you're in a remote area, no one's going to see anything. How do you, you know, raise the alarm bells anyway? Yeah. yeah. So, and, well, and going off that, I've seen, uh, I actually saw an article this morning that was, you know, the, the majority of the articles that we see and updates and news posts that we see that we're in touch with people about is all sort of kidnappings that are taking place in Latin America. Mm -hmm. I saw this morning that it was a kidnapping that was taking place in Spain. Yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah. And, you know, that yeah. just goes to show, you know, it's local. Criminals are diversifying mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And it's not just contained in places like Latin America, mm -hmm. in Africa, mm -hmm. those sort of areas that are more high risk. Mm -hmm. It's contained in mm -hmm. Europe. It's now spreading across to Europe. Yeah. Because people are desperate. I would actually like to know how much of this stuff is actually kept out of the news mm. because it's it's important but as soon as you make a, a kidnapping public you know what happens you know does the yeah. ransom go up does yeah. do, do, do the perpetrators want more because it's public and they want to make um, everyone else scared of what they're up mm. to or what they're capable of yeah um, and I, I suspect especially high-profile like, political things when those kidnaps happen or events happen with regards to those characters, they're they're kept out of the news and yeah. they're they're silenced and they're they're never released. So we probably only hear twenty percent mm. of it. And that's also you know that's the job of the security consultants that you have. Yeah, your policy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. You know, they're, they're, they've got the experience, yeah. more experience than you could ever imagine. Yeah. In just this sort of negotiation side of things mm -hmm. and working, liaising mm -hmm. with families and. Mm -hmm. Uh, kidnappers, that sort of, and criminal groups, and they're there to mitigate risk mm. at the end of the day. You know, they're not going to do anything that's going to put you being the family or you as the victim in harm's way. Yeah. They're there to get you out as safely as they can. And they'll be the ones that are stopping the the public by yeah, exactly. getting, exactly. getting hold of this. Yeah. Because also, because if you are, uh, we had it with, we saw it with a, a business not that long ago that was hit by ransomware, which is covered by crisis management. Mm -hmm. So ransomware controlled their business and they couldn't do anything for days, demanded a $10 million yeah. ransom to, to turn the systems back to how they were so they could operate and not lose money on customers. Um, and we never heard the outcome. Yeah. We never heard anything. So we don't know if that ransom was satisfied. We don't know if it was negotiated down. We didn't know anything. and. The reason is because if that business had been found and it was public knowledge for that ransom to have been paid at such a high level of $10 million, they're going to be a target again yeah. by other criminal groups yeah. because if they've paid that and satisfy that, someone else out there is going to do exactly the same thing to them and they're just going to be a constant target. And you're mm. right, the consultants, it's their job to suppress that. Yeah information not let it get out anywhere mm. and uh, especially the, the outcome yeah and these policies you know you can break them down into three parts you know there's the take you have the policy you take the policy out you take your cover there's three parts there's the before 
before part, which is you know having all the advice on how to mitigate risk, what to yeah. do about, how to yeah. protect yourself in a better way. Yeah. I'll just be a bit more aware of everything going on around you. Mm-hmm. Then there's the during, so if the kidnap took place or okay. something along those lines, yeah. then there's the reaction of the insurance policy yeah. for that. So you know the access to the consultants, yeah. and who are just there to reduce the risk and get you out as safe as they can. Mm-hmm. And then the last part is the after. So mm. you know you don't come home from the kidnap and that's it. That's it. They disappear. You never hear from them again. Oh yeah, because there's, there's all sorts of there's all sorts of like rehabilitation, rehabilitation yeah. costs, that sort of mm. stuff. And then there's advice on how to mm. maybe deal with the public or deal with the media, yeah. how to go about it. You know, mm. do you report it? Do you not report it? Mm. That sort of stuff. Not let it happen again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then and then there's you know the, the extra security. Um, you can put in exactly. after a kidnap yeah. to prevent it from happening again. Yeah. So you know they'll work with you to understand mm-hmm. how it happened, how it mm-hmm. came out, maybe what you could have done better mm-hmm. to protect yourself. Yeah. And then they'll advise you on the next step to take. Yeah. So they're with you for the whole process. Yeah. And insurance policy will be. I, I, I really like that because if you were just left to the insurance company, it'd be different. Yeah. But you're not. Effectively, you get more from the consultants. You get everything from the consultants apart from a reimbursement of a ransom. Mm than you do from an insurer. You've got to buy the product through the insurance company and then you get that service. And then if there is an event, then they'll reimburse you. Mm-hmm. But the consultants here are shining bright and yeah. you know, we know that that is where the value is for these ransom mm-hmm. policies or kidnap ransom. And in the time that I've been doing this, I realized that it's not that expensive. No. The ransom amounts or what you're insuring can be very high, but the premiums are not that expensive. Yeah. And very reasonable and very affordable for especially big corporations who are sending 40 people on a project and rotating them and things like that and it's going to last 12 you know 24 months yeah it's it's really quite a reasonable price um so charlie i think we'll wrap it up yeah. there i think we could talk forever work. about this because yeah. it's such an interesting topic yeah. and you know, lives are important and way more important than assets. So house burns down, you can rebuild it. And yeah. yeah, there might be some sentimental things in there, but if no one's hurt, no one's hurt, end of. And if, but if someone's taken, when it comes to uh, a kidnap situation, it's so critical mm. to protect that life as much as yeah. you can. And I'm really pleased that we're doing a lot of this because uh, it, it's, it morally, it just makes you feel yeah. good. Yeah. Um, that you're there helping someone, you know, get that peace of mind yeah. Yeah, and, and get that protection when they need it. So uh, we'll wrap up the uh, podcast right there. That was a nice long chat about kidnap and ransom insurance. I hope you have taken something away from our uh, in-depth talk. There's all, there's a, even more to this whole uh, insurance and, and, and scenarios that we've mentioned. There's a lot more to it, but uh, if you've got any uh, questions then by all means get in touch with us saxoninsurancebrokers.com is our website and you can live chat on on there with us at any time 24 hours a day pretty much and uh, yeah thanks very much for watching and we'll see you on the next episode thank you